and get started here. Welcome to Savvy Saps Podcast on Call-In. This is episode 52, Left Solidarity for Brie. Brianna Joy Gray has been smeared for the past 48 hours over a disagreement during a Bad Faith Podcast interview. Some have come to her defense. Where is solidarity on the left? And I see we already have people lined up here to call in. Let's go ahead and bring in Delthea. You are the next caller. Let me make sure I turn my volume up. Hi, can you hear me? I think it's me. Yeah, it is me. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, Sabby. How you doing? Hello. Um, I'm not going to try to be funny tonight because this is serious. Mm-hmm. Um, conservatives and liberals in America, each one has what I call a circle of grace. And this is a place where they put certain ideas. And once those ideas get into that circle of grace, you are not allowed to question them. Under any circumstances, you're not allowed to critique them. You're not allowed to touch them. And if you do, they will bring upon you the wrath of God and Twitter. Mm. Now, for conservatives, they're circle of grace is godliness for liberals is goodness okay this is why when you talk about choice and life with the conservative they will take their love of life as they define it to the point where they will kill doctors and grown women if there's a billion and one chance that a baby will be born. There is no reason or logic you can put to that. It is beyond critique. Life is what they believe in. Now on the left, right now, Ukraine is in their circle of grace. And I hate to say this to Brie because I love Brie, but she's not going to get a whole lot of support right now. She has touched a third rail. She has walked into the circle of grace and did not pay deference, but was defiant. And for well, that, me, she will have to pay. Go on. Well, let me ask you a question. Why is it, and, and be completely honest, Althea, why is it that Jackson Hinkle can have that same opinion as Brie and uh-huh. still get support from people, right? Now, don't get me wrong. People come after him too, but not the uh-huh. way they, they came after her. But when she does it, it's a problem. Well, Brie is in an interesting position in that she is a Black woman who has been placed at the altar. And she, above everything else, is always supposed to be, and understand this is not my belief, this is what they believe. 
she is supposed to be ever, ever reverent, whatever comes down the pike. And if she speaks up, she's not only being critical, she's being ungrateful. White men can be critical. Black women are never critical. We are ungrateful. And because of that, we need to be spanked. We need to be beaten. We need to be taken out, tied to a tree and whipped. There are certain forgivenesses black women are not allowed to have. That's part of it. That's a big part of it. And there may, of course, always be personal animosities that get into it and all kinds of other things. But that's why you can't, you, you, you cannot bite the hand that feeds you. And that's what they feel she's doing. What I can't understand, because I watched this, I watched the whole thing that she put up. I think it's like 33 minutes. I watched the whole thing. And all I could think was, my God, he is such a wuss. Because he was sitting there, you could watch, you could watch the blood just flow up into his face. And then it would go white, white. He was either getting red, red or white, white. It was going up and down. And, 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 and every time it was because he was feeling personally offended that somebody who looked like her was daring to question someone who looked like him. Now, me personally, I make it a habit to offend at least one white man every day. <laughs> you know, it, I, I'm not having a good day, you know. But but that but that's why. That's RBN, why. We've... Yeah, we've we've noticed it because like last year when we did the general strike summit, we got attacked heavily on Twitter. And what was interesting to me, mm -hmm. Hassan Piker attacked us, uh, Vosh attacked us, Ryan Grimm attacked us, mm -hmm. like people mm -hmm. you never think of you guys like came after us and we didn't even have 10,000 subs at that point. So they were wasting mm -hmm. their time attacking a, a small channel. And so what was interesting, and I remember the only person on the left that had a big platform that defended us was Bree. Mm hmm Because Bree has not forgotten who she is, what she is, and why she is where she is. It's, it's crazy. This is some of the things I've tried to tell people before, and Nick will tell you guys this as well. This space, like, and by this space, I mean, like, left commentary, it's incredibly hostile towards Black commentators and even more hostile towards Black women. I'm not kidding. Like, some of the things that people say to me or, you know, they, I, I know what they say to me, so I can only imagine what they're saying to, to Brie. Mm -hmm. But some of the things that people say, it's just downright, like, disgusting. And this is exactly why, because some of you guys asked me this before. This is exactly why I closed my DMs on Twitter. Because mm -hmm. uh, so the only way you can DM me is if I follow you back. And I did that because I would go into my DMs and like 70% of it was just attacks. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to speak. You speak 
And why are you not agreeing with me? You couldn't possibly be smarter than I am. And look, I've been make I have made my whole life dedicated to being smarter than them. My grandmother told me when I was four years old, because I, I was getting ready to start school, and it was going to be like the second year of integration. And she she sat me down. And she said, "Look, baby, you're a little girl. You're going to have to be twice as smart as all the boys." to be considered their equal. She said, you're a colored girl. This was in 1970. My grandma was in her 70s. She said colored. She said, you're going to be a colored girl. And because you're colored, you're going to have to be twice as smart as all the white kids to be considered their equal. So to be equal to a white man, you have to be four times as good just to be considered equal. She said, that's not going to be a problem for you because you are four times as good. But you need to know and carry you till the day you die. You are always, it's always going to be an uphill fight. There's always going to be brambles and thorns. But you can make that climb. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not, I'm not too much into intercessory prayer. But my ideas about God and what's holy don't necessarily fit into other people's ideas. But I pray for you. And it's hard, but you can win it. Yeah, it's, it's really, I appreciate that, Delthea. It's it's something I've I've you know I've noticed and luckily I I did have people that early on they warned me and and a lot of people may not know this but like Nico House mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people are going to steal your work so don't tell people what the fuck you're working on for god's sake and, don't yep he said and they'll, they'll they won't give you credit mm-hmm. he said people are going to be very like nasty towards you you're going to have to prove yourself twice as hard than a white woman or a white mm-hmm. man that's in this mm-hmm. space and he said but mm-hmm. all in all don't get discouraged he said because if you keep doing what you're doing all it takes, all you need, and I think this is something that well, you guys probably know this, but all you really need is for one uh, one person with a large platform to give you a chance. That's mm-hmm. really what you need. And so, like, for Bree, I know she said that that was Michael Brooks. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it was Jimmy Dore. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of people found me. And it's true. Like some people are not going to give you the opportunity at all, especially if they think you're good. They'll they'll watch. People away from them. There you go. When you. When you're good at what you do and you are in an out group, 
you show up the end group in all its mediocrity. They can't lie to themselves anymore and think that they're greater than what they are. Now, I'm not saying that as, you know, to be narcissistic or conceited. I'm saying that because it's true. I'm not just talking about me. I see black women all the time in all walks of life who are extraordinary people who will never be known that way because they can't get that one chance. And one chance is all you need. Yeah, I know it's, it's true. You have to have like somebody to be willing to give you that one chance. And if you don't have it, this is how some people are unfound. This is how some people can't be found till this day. And people and wonder like, where's all this good content? Why didn't I know about it? And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, the person that you, that you get it from is not the person you think you're going to get it from. Because I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that you didn't think that Jimmy Dore was going to be your way in. No, not at all. <laughs> See, when you started this, you were not sitting there going, I can't wait to get on the Jimmy Dore show. He's going to be my ticket. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. I didn't because, like like I said, like his channel was huge. And I was like, hey, no way. I said, I'm going to take a chance and ask if he'll come on. I said, I don't know why I'm doing this. There's no way he's going to come on to this small little channel. But I was wrong. He did. And now you get to be on, you know, breaking points and rising and all these things. You're going to go far. You're going to go far, Sabby. You've got what it takes. You just got to grow a thick skin because, honey, they're going to come at you left, right, up, down, through the middle, around the sides, and up the back. But I got you. If nobody else ever does, I got you. Oh, thanks, Althea. That's so sweet. You go on and um, I'm getting ready to cry now, so I'm getting ready to get off. But um, you you keep up the fight. You keep up the fight. And I'll talk to you later. Love you, girl. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That is so sweet. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and bring in Eric who I believe is a kid. So Eric, you just have to unmute. Hey, Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Hey, well, nice talking to you. And I, you know, I really appreciate Deltia's knowledge, wisdom and understanding and how she was able to kind of weave and put together her experience as a, as a, a person of color and a woman and how that has shaped her perspective and seen in reality how others will do what they what she said they're doing uh, to breed and I guess also to you and, and RBN as well. Uh, but you know what I, I'm I, I'm not a woman. I'm definitely part of a minority a group of people, albeit I'm a man. Uh, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I don't see things the way that other people see because of my growing up, my origins, and how I came to be. A lot of this is it's, it's taught by others. You know, I had a, a great experience growing up with my, my, my mother, who never discriminated against people. Uh, my father passed away when I was a kid. 
So my whole perspective has been pretty much through my mom's eyes to some degree or another and my grandparents too. Uh, and because of that, I never had any bias towards saying a woman can't do something because I, I had to look to my mother to know that women could do everything to some degree or another. And because of that, you know, I can never say, oh, this person can't do this because they're X type of sex. You know, they're a woman or a man or whatever. Uh, but I think things are changing. And, and whether the current left is not being supportive and, and supporting Brie and there are all these people coming after her, I, I think in, in the times to come, she's going to be the one that's going to be successful and on the right side of history. Uh, because of her intellect and what she was saying to that guy, what was his name, Joe, uh, the gentleman that she had on, the guy with the white hair. Joe Cicerone? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that guy, you know, to me, I don't know. I don't know who that guy was. I never heard of him. But but Brie has the her verbal attack um, on how she weaves, and she very nicely and softly can make somebody look, in a, in a way, come to their senses. And they cannot go after her because of the way she she frames everything, they can't. You know, this guy had no comebacks to her. You know, when she said, hey, uh, uh, what she was saying about, uh, what's her name? God, I'm forgetting her name right now. But essentially, uh, everything that Brie was talking about on that clip with him, about the gal that was on from Hawaii, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name right now. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, she basically uh, framed and hey, Tulsi didn't lie. She didn't say anything that was incorrect. And then he came back with all kinds of BS and, and, and talked about the children. And then Bree came back and said, hey, what about the kids in Somalia? What about the kids, you know, X, Y and Z? And I always mention this to you. You know, last year in 2021, uh, approximately, I think it's like 20 over 26,000 people died in Mexico because of uh, the war on drugs including women and children. And, and Mexico, we can walk, I can walk to Mexico from California, right? That's next door, Savvy. And this is happening every day. People are getting beheaded and murdered on a daily basis to the neighbors to our south, right? And, and, our, and these, are part, these guys are part of America. America is a continent, right? Mexico just happens to be uh, right south of us. We're not helping them. We're not sending them billions of dollars to end the, what's happening down there. They're people of color, too. We're not helping them for anything. And yet we're sending all this money overseas instead of keeping the money here where we actually desperately need it. And whether these people, the people that are coming after Bree right now, they're on the wrong side of history. Bree is on the right side. And she framed it correctly. And whether these guys... And, and part of the, the reason that these guys are coming after her, much like Iltia was saying, uh, is because of the way that they perceive things to be and how most people are indoctrinated into the, the framework of the MSM, the mainstream media. Uh, you know, today I was, I was watching an IG Live with this guy, my son, and he had uh, Jamal Bowman on his show, on an IG Live show. And this guy, I think his name is my son. He's like a he's like a rapper type of guy in New York. Uh, you know, like this guy's supposed to be down uh, from the streets in New York. And he had Jamal 
and he's he was framing Jamal to be a good guy, you know. And I got on the stream and I was asking questions and kind of pointing out to him that Jamal Bowman is a, is full of lies. What has he done? Who has he voted for this past year? The fact that he did not come out for the Medicare for All uh, marches and so on. But my son, who's supposed to be down with the folks in the street, right? Is, is looking to this guy, Jamal Bowman, as a good guy, somebody who's supposed to be helping people of color. And it's because my son doesn't know, hasn't really learned what these guys are doing. So, you know, I always go back to the fact that our ecosystem on the left is so tiny. And that's part of the reason why Bree is going to get attacked, because our ecosystem is so tiny. And, and, and the, the ecosystem beyond us... Uh, they think they're part of the left and they're actually not part of the left. They think they are and they don't know what it is that we're actually facing because they have been indoctrinated into the MSM framework and don't know really what's happening. That's right. I mean, like what happened to, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what happened to leftists being anti-war? It, it's 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 sort of something that I think is not looked at the way it was, like let's say in the '60s and the '70s. It's not looked at the same way. Uh, in fact, in that show with this guy Joe, uh, when Bree pointed out to him, uh, you know how Tulsi was not lying, right? Uh, he would she was telling he he said something else. He made a comment, and Bree came back at him saying, "Hey." And said something. I can't remember what the guy Joe said. And Brie was correct. You know, if you're. Where has it gone? I, I don't know. But I think us, the people that are listening to RBN. shows that are currently definitely on the left but uh, God, God. you know who I'm uh, talking about Savvy I'm sorry you said he had he, he had, had a, a pod- yeah he had a podcast he had a little bit of a following, and then he came after Bree. I think he might have even came after you. I can't remember who he came after on the left. Oh, uh, Tim Black. He, he came after all of us. He came after all. He came after me, Bree, and uh, the rest of us at RBN. Yep. Okay. Okay. Remember him. So, where is he at now? He's nowhere to be found. That's a good question. So, so think about that. Bree is on the right side of history, and and the momentum, the truth, you know, behind what she's saying is behind her. You know that that's one thing that she has, along with RBN and and the real eco left system. We have the truth, and we we are behind what's correct. Uh, and these guys don't, so they are going to be the ones who fall over time. And, and Bree, I think, is smart and strong enough to get past this, you know, whether these guys are coming after her and not supporting her. That's going it, to it's going to wash over in my in my 
you know, what I believe. And, and her message is going to win over over time. Well, like the silence is deafening. Like I said, like I, I saw the people who, like I said, gray zone support. I saw them come to her defense. I saw Jimmy do it. I saw obviously those of us at RBN did it. But the the rest of like white left media was silent as fuck. But they're suckers, though, you know, savvy. I mean, for, for uh, you know, in a simplistic way from you say they're suckers. Those guys are suckers and they're not going to understand. They're not going to be on our side 100 percent. And that's why they're suckers, because they, they don't understand and don't put themselves into really what's happening today. Uh, I mean, to me, that's the simplest way to say, it. you know, my, my 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 younger brother will always say that, man, those guys are suckers, man. You know, so that that's the way I think about it. They just don't know what's going on. Well said, well said, Eric. Um, well, thank you so much, Eric. I'm going to see if uh, we're going to go ahead and bring in Ashura here. Thank you, Savvy. Keep up the good work, Savvy. Thank you. Okay. Um, oh, and I did forget to mention, thank you so much for um, saying that um, Wary, uh, Hardland's media, too, they did come to Bree's defense. I did see that. Um Ashira, <laughs> what have you got to say? <laughs> uh, I was saying, I was saying about what Delphia said about like uh, if you're black, you gotta work like two, two, twice as hard, four times hard against the white person. Uh, when I came here to Canada, basically, I, I, me and my family, we moved from Haiti, and my stepdad basically said to me, uh, "You're going to live in a white country. You're gonna have to restart education from zero." So you're gonna have to compete with the white people here and the black people here. So you you gotta work six times harder to basically get where you need to be to be a productive member of society. On what uh, I think it was Soul Construct that was there that said something. What was that him? Soul Construct. Uh, I think he's Eric. Oh, Eric is uh, a kid. Okay, I kid. Yeah. Um. Basically, uh, when it comes to base, when it comes to what he said, um. I I don't basically I, I don't think there's a there's a space for black people basically in this in this thing because it's like you said they don't want black people in, in the space they want black people to basically be uh, followers you can't be leaders in this space and if you basically come to a big channel uh, expect to basically be a clapping seal uh, when it comes to uh, Kalkalinsky and in uh, Breaking Points, I went on. I went. On, I went on their sh on on their channel to see if they talked about uh, what happened to Bree. Nothing. I don't know if they did it behind the scenes, but they didn't say shit online or basically on their channel. No, you know it's a, it's a lot of you know what I was asking earlier. Like, where's the solidarity? My husband made a good point. He said, it seems like most people are out for their self. So there is no solidarity. Yeah, well, the only people I, I think there's solidarity is between black, uh, well, some black uh, black leftists. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. he uh, The caller basically mentioned Tim Black about a couple, couple seconds ago. I just checked his channel. And <laughs> the guy dropped. Like, <laughs> nobody's listening to him anymore. Like, he dropped. He, was, he went from 155 to 149. I'm like, 
<laughs> dude needs to do some kind of uh, apology tour or some shit to RBN to get back in there. <laughs> Your graces, I would say. Well, I think the thing is with us, like, it did look kind of weird to come after such a small account. Like, we, we hadn't even had 10,000 followers yet. <laughs> yeah. Because he was saying, uh, the caller was saying, well, why has he said anything about Brianna Joy Gray? Because I remember he was saying that Brianna Joy Gray is like a white girl, some shit like that. So I wouldn't see him coming to defend her because he was basically insulting her. Yeah, he said that about me, too. I don't really care, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Really, I, I I feel like basically all these people who said the who said those things about Brianna Joy Gray because I was surprised that people could say shit like that openly, and Twitter. If anybody else from a right winger said that shit, their accounts would be banned. And I'm like, how come these people are allowed to basically say that shit? That you you should be automatically like since uh, suspended. Well, again, I mean, part of it is like there's no solidarity. You know, where was the response? Like I said, like if everybody on the left had responded back to the people attacking her, but we, we don't even have that. You know, it, it just, so, so there's none of that. I mean, you know, the same people who were just kind of like, um, why are people sticking up for, um, why are people, are more people calling out Kanye West for his remarks and da 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 and like, Obviously, we have, like, but, you know, those same people were silent with these attacks against Bree. Very silent. So, what? Um, is it because they see Bree is kind of finally getting her foot out the door? I do know there are a couple dividing issues. Uh, one of them started last year. So... One of the dividing issues is the vaccine. Another dividing issue is this war with Russia and Ukraine. So that's that's kind of split people, to be honest with you. And then some people have decided that they don't want to talk to anyone who took the anti-vax uh, position. And some people have decided they don't want to talk to anyone who doesn't support you know, this, this, this war between Russia and Ukraine who don't support uh, this war. Do they say and... that inflation doesn't exist? Huh? Do they say that inflation doesn't exist? I, did, I haven't heard anybody say that, but I, I have heard them say that, like, of course, we should be giving them aid. Of course, we should be. You know, it's like now some people have pulled back and said we shouldn't be giving them any more money. But there's still some people saying we should be helping them the, the best that we can. And I'm talking on the left. I'm not talking about even the, the, you know, the liberals. So there's that. And then there's also the force the vote split. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't I, I've seen people like come on the squad. I, I think I saw you on Twitter. Uh, you, you were going at uh, AOC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's such a mask off moment. With the squad now, that if you try to protest at the squad, they now know tell their sycophants to basically up 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 the up the tone of their voice. And some of the other commentators won't still; they're still afraid to call them out. 
Why would they? It's it, the squad is their money maker. Exactly. I mean, it's just, but you know, the, the thing is, is this is what I've seen is that, and Nick and I have, um, like I said, those of us at RBM, we've talked about this before. The thing is, there is really not a space for black people in the progressive movement. There just really isn't. There's been too many things that have happened where we were basically told we're supposed to take one for the team because it's bad. What's it's about what's best for the entire movement, not what's about what's best for us. And then this, this incident that happened here, like Nick was saying this, you have to draw a line in the sand at some point. Why do they want black leftists to support this initiative, this, this initiative from the United States towards Ukraine? Why do you, you expect black people to support Nazis? And I don't care how many of them there are. I heard Kyle Kalinske say this shit. Oh, there's only a small amount. You see how they'll use these dog whistles to make us feel like it's okay? Yeah. It's always us. It's always us who have to take one for the team. And I've seen it multiple times. So for me, I'm just like, nah, man. This war, like you have to draw a line in the sand here. So the fact that they expect for black Americans to support Ukraine is is bullshit. This ain't my war. And so the same thing too was like Hillary Clinton's statements like we 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 stand with them. They're us. No, they're not. I mean, she wasn't lying when she said uh, they they're us. She means she means white European. Right. So it's she, like, wasn't te- she wasn't technically lying. She she meant like they're us. They're not black countries. Fuck up. Right. I mean, look at the way. Now I sat up there and I covered this months ago, and not many people covered it. How they were they wouldn't let the black, the African students in Ukraine, they wouldn't let them leave. They wouldn't let them get on the trains when all this first started. And so I'm like, nobody else is gonna talk about this. Like you see what they're doing to the black students? how they're treating them there. So for me, it was just like, no, why should I, why should I stand up in support of this in a country that doesn't even stand up in support of me? It just reminds me of the same thing with Muhammad Ali when they wanted him to go fight the war in um, Vietnam. He was like, why should I go over there and fight for a country that doesn't even appreciate me, that continues to oppress me? I'm still looking for Kakolinski and Crystal Ball to basically talk shit to start talking about Haiti, but I haven't seen anything. No, like like if you guys did not have like honestly Garland Nixon, thank goodness. But if you if if you didn't have Garland Nixon, RBN, Bree talks about she usually brings guests on to talk about it. You guys would, wouldn't get that much coverage. You wouldn't get that much coverage of what's going on in Haiti, Somalia. Afghanistan, Yemen, like when it comes to those countries, for the most part, they're ignored. Because the only white left white leftists I see talking about Haiti and other black countries, Jimmy Dore, HLM, uh, Convo Couch. Yep. But these other these other clowns, like the, the, the liberals, they're not saying shit. Like they're basically saying it just to get you to stay in the party. Exactly. I'm just like. This is ridiculous. Like when they, even when they got caught making some of those statements on mainstream media, when the one guy, I forget his name, but he said, well, yeah, they're blonde eye and blue hair, they're blue eyes and blonde hair. And I'm like, and 
this is the thing. There's always been more of appreciation for Eurocentric culture, right? Eurocentric like values and beliefs, like for for Europe. Yeah. But when it comes to countries like Haiti, I still say Haiti is the most vilified country in the world. Well, it's 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 like like, like Nick said, uh, Haiti. The the reason why Haiti's getting pummeled is that Haiti did the one thing the African nations did not do. They basically liberated themselves and then got extorted, extorted yep. for the for 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 basically getting their freedom. Yep. And I learned that part by the time I got to social studies in Haiti. And basically, they told me like because uh, the the history of Haiti when you're studying it as a kid. They do it the same way you would do it in, in America. They give you the fluff. And until you basically reach like college, then you realize, oh shit, this was not what I expected. And you made us sang praise about this guy. Like Christopher Columbus. Uh, they made us sang praise about him. They also... Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like they didn't tell us all of that back in school. Some of these things I found out as I got older, right? Yeah. Like they're gonna get it radicalized too early. I think that could be part of it. The same reason why they didn't tell us the truth about the Black Panthers when I was in school either. <laughs> It's always you know. surprising when you talk about like the black leaders that you have, like MLK and Malcolm X. They're like yin and yang. Well, for some reason, Malcolm X is talked more. No, Malcolm. I'm like when I hear about what Malcolm X wanted to do, it's the same thing uh, Martin wanted to do, but it's on a different path. Martin wanted to basically march and probably do a path of nonviolence. Martha Luther King said, no, no, uh, Malcolm X said that, well, if I'm going to march and you come attack me, I'm going to defend myself. But for some reason, that's not acceptable. What's the acceptable point is to get your ass beat, your head cracked open. Right. Well, another thing, too, um, that some people may not know is that even Martin Luther King later on said that he, he was not sure if it was best to be nonviolent. In his career, he said he doesn't know if that was necessarily the right approach. That maybe sometimes they should have fought back. Because Yeah, because I'm like, why wouldn't you fight back? Why you vilify, vilify a guy like Malcolm X? I mean, if you're hitting someone, at some point, when you hit the body so many times, the pain becomes too great, and your body starts screaming that you got to fight back to lessen the pain so that the pain can subdue. But if you keep getting beaten over and over and over, the pain's going to get more and more. So why is it? Why is defending yourself a bad thing? That's right. That's a good point. I mean, it's it's just Martin Luther King believed at that time that we should be on our best behavior so we don't give them an excuse because they're they already feel a certain way about us. So we should be on our best behavior so we don't give them an excuse to hit us. 
and that didn't work. Hmm. You know, I mean, they they still like beat up black people. They still stick dogs on black people, hosed down black people and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, like MLK like still kind of won the fight in a sense. But looking back on it, all those times getting hit in the head and thrown to the ground and stuff like that, like, I don't know. I think it would have been best to fight back. The whole not fighting back thing, because even even in my country, I, I've seen it multiple times where basically people clash with the police. Then, then the police, they start running because they can't fight an entire crowd. Because the Haitians, they will basically run over the police. It means that you're going to basically uh, cripple them with bullets. If it's the one thing you need to fear more, is basically a scorned people. Because we never forget. <laughs> mm. I know. It's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's just, uh, I think this is a hot, this topic is a hot button for people. Uh, this this war between Russia and Ukraine. But what is really interesting yeah. towards the kids in Syria. And I mean, there were comments they made on Facebook about the kids in Syria that they didn't care. And you know why they didn't care? Because they were brown. Uh, I think it's like self-entitlement. I don't know what's wrong with these liberals. They say the Republicans are bad because Republicans are racist, but I'd rather know that you're racist than you pretend to be you're not racist yourself. Yeah. because don't, don't, don't let me catch you on your racist, your non-racist behavior. Dude. Yeah, because liberals can be covert racist. Yeah. Yep. Same thing, same thing. They they still just as racist as well, and it's just I don't know. I feel like this thing with Brianna George has exposed a lot of people. Like, don't ever call yourself pro black again if you're basically gonna throw shit like that on, online like this. You're kind of you're kind of basically exposing yourself. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but you know what. They have the numbers to back them. See, this is the thing. The reason why they feel so comfortable doing it is because they know they have the support and the backing that they need. They know people are going to support them. So, so what do you? So what happens with Brianna? You think Brianna might lose her job? I don't think so. I mean, um, she was kind I mean, of worried. Se- she was worried in the last tweet that she might lose her job. Well, it's a separate. It's a separate show. So to be fair, they shouldn't. They should not fire her for that. That didn't happen on Rising. It happened on Bad Faith. So, you know. So what if it did happen on on, on Rising? It's not like it's not like basically uh, no one has ever heard of the women and the children bullshit, right? But I see. But see, the thing is, is that Rising is still corporate, and although like I've gone on there for like guest appearance, you have to know what you're you're walking into. Like it's a little bit different. Like if I go on there as a guest. Because, you know, I'm not paid, but 
if you I'm surprised you went back because I didn't think I didn't expect you to be back on Rise. I didn't either. Made a video about it and everything. Or CJ, or even Rome. I don't know. Or maybe they just want black women on. Uh, maybe well, maybe the other guys are too well, scary for them. You know, it's nice seeing different faces because I appreciate, you know, Pasta from Convo Couch has also been on there. So it's nice to hear, it's nice to hear the different faces and people who are on the ground, like doing that work, you know. Um, I think that's really great because what uh, Pasta and Fiorella do I mean, they're going to countries covering elections that not everybody can do, right? So they, we need that story. We need that report, right? So I, I think it's great that I'm seeing them on there, that I'm seeing different faces on there. Because it used to be just the same people. Like, I'm telling you, like, when Rising, when it was Christmas Saga, it was the same people that came on there. Okay. So I'm going to hang up and just let somebody else come in. Okay. Let's bring in Robert. I think, yeah, you just have to. Hello. Hello. Yep. Hi, how you doing? Good. Um, so what I wanted to, uh, well, first of all, Delthea, I hope I'm not the white guy that she uh, draws her ire at. I hope I never get that un uh, bad circumstance there. Um, <laughs> but what is your perspective on could this be used as some sort of um, awakening to those people who are, you know, in the Democratic Party, but um, maybe feeling like it's not really representing their beliefs or their values to possibly, you know, be more proactive in third party discussions? I hope so. Um, I know, you know, there are a great amount of conversations about it, like on the side about the... Um, the comments uh, on Twitter and stuff like that. So some of us in different groups were talking about it and things like that. You know, I, I hope something like that will really wait. Video or they saw uh, Nick and CJ's video from yesterday that informed them about this. Um, but I think people need to hear this more from people on the left because obviously the conservatives, people on the right, they expect to hear that talking point from them about liberals. But I think people need to hear it more from people on the left because then, then I think then people really start to see, wait a minute now, maybe, just maybe some of the things that conservatives are saying about liberals is true and vice versa. And it, it did, because I saw the video yesterday, um... Nick's video, and then I saw yours, because when I saw Nick's video, I was like, oh, okay, so there's a little kerfuffle. She, uh, you know, Brianna upset an establishment dem by saying war bad, and, you know, he's upset. But then when I saw your video tonight, I'm like, oh, this is a real thing. This is happening. And it made me reflect back to, you know, I watch everybody on YouTube, but uh, black conservatives, um, there were people online on YouTube that would say, like, 
oh, um, yeah, I he said he was. And when I raised my voice to the groups of people that I was there with, they were telling, you know, like they're being negative. So, and I'm not here today to uh, condone or condemn black conservatism or say there's some sort of, uh, you know, Occupy Wall Street to uh, Tea Party pipeline or anything. But when I, when I hear this kind of conversation, I'm like, oh, this is kind of similar to what they went through. It was, I'm going to raise my voice against this because this wasn't what we said we were about. And it was, no, you're wrong. Here, like, you know, the think of the children, think of the children, or listen, we need to do the bailout for this. There's always these like capitulations and this goalpost moving to kind of go, um, we hear your voice. It's a valid voice, but you're wrong. So stop talking. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I'm getting the feeling of after watching your video is, uh, you know, what, what I guess like the Democrats are, you know, the establishment Democrats, that's hopefully the takeaway for people where it's. channel was demonetized, right? right? So I think this is what they're going to continue trying to do. And I knew it. as soon as they started like commenting, I was like, they're going to try to get her deplatformed. And they will. They'll go after your Patreon. They'll go after your PayPal. Like um, Jackson Hinkle had said on one of his streams that, guys, I'm going to have to start taking sponsorships because they pulled him from PayPal, Patreon, all of it. So it makes it really hard for people to be independent if all of those those uh, platforms for, for paying are taken away from you. And that's the thing. If they want to silence you and they want to shut you up. The same thing with Gray Zone. They come after them too. They try to silence them. And it's like all to keep the mainstream narrative. They don't want people to hear a different voice. And I think Americans are incredibly propagandized. I really do. I, I've never, you know, I've lived in different places, but living here, it's interesting to me how quickly and easily it is for Americans just to believe what they hear on mainstream media. Right. It's it's like how quick those little Ukrainian flags went up in the windows. It's it's like uh, uh, by the time I felt like I got the memo, like, oh, yeah, this is how people are showing support. It's like every window in the neighborhood has one except mine. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm behind the trend, so to speak. Um. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to say, because your last caller mentioned Jabal Bowman. Uh, no, we I was in a really, really good community. Um, there was like a block email. Hey, someone's getting rid of this. I'll pick it up. Can I borrow whatever? Very, very leave it to beaver kind of thing. And white families, black families, um, one, two Asian families, Spanish families. Um but uh, one of our guys who kind of led this charge, he was a take it. But um, and I wanted to go. I wanted because I, I what I heard about him initially, I was like, oh, this guy sounds like he's kind of in in uh, the same vibe I am, and he'd be bringing that to uh, you know the government. But um, I didn't get to go. But I asked my neighbors and more than a handful, I was like, oh, how did you go to the thing? How was it? 
And the talk went something, 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 George Floyd. So we got to vote angle out. And I, you know, and I didn't want to ruffle any feathers or anything. These are my neighbors, but I was just kind of like, I don't, I really don't know anything more about that guy um, from this interaction, even though it's kind of like a hearsay thing, but you think there would have been something said or just some sort of uh, greater takeaway um, then, well, we've been voting for Elliot Engel for the past, what, 20, 30 years, however long he was there, but some. That was running against him seemed good, but I was, I was out of there by then. But um, yeah, it was really uh, interesting to just see people like in passing go, oh, well, he's, he's kind of doing the whole, oh, well, we're the squad. You three vote no, us four will not vote, and then you two vote yes, and it passes. And they were doing all that nonsense. So even when I would kind of bring that up in a roundabout way, you know, there'd be like the, oh, well, you know, we, they have to do this, and they can't do that, and the Democratic uh, will just has to happen. There's nothing they can do. Uh, just very bizarre that there was this rah-rah, sis, boom let's get this guy in there. And now I'm like, oh, is this the guy that everybody's going to be just voting for by default for the next three decades until some other, you know, event happens to make it like, all right, we're ready to chuck him out now. Um, he's against B BDS. He went to Israel to meet with Netanyahu, which actually goes against uh, D DSA's policy. So DSA last year, they were actually meeting to decide whether or not to vote him out of DSA, the organization, because that goes against their handbook. Hmm. When I look at the Justice Democrats, when you look at the ones who won, those weren't the real working class people. The real working class people didn't win, like Paula Jean Swearingen. She was not promoted anywhere near the way the rest of them were. Then you got in like Cori Bush, but I didn't know this until later on, but even Cori Bush, her dad was in politics. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Her dad was in local politics. And I that was not the, the strategy of Justice Democrats. It was supposed to be everyday working class people who did not have political experience to come in and fight for the working class people. Ayanna Presley, she was my city councilor here. She had political experience. So they went against their own plan. And that's part of the reason why we ended up what we ended up with. I mean, it's just basically now it's sad to say, even the working class people donated to them heavily and non-voters came out to vote for them. Mm -hmm. They don't need working class people anymore because now they've learned to appeal to the coastal elites. And when they came here for their tour, like a month or two ago, the squad came here and they did a tour here in Boston. They avoided the working class and immigrant neighborhoods. And they went to the ones that are gentrified and heavily academically. Oh. Is is that where they had that little like uh, powwow and it was in what was it in Cambridge or somewhere? Yep, they went to Cambridge. Okay, I, I saw I saw your video on it too, and I'm like, this is this is on brand. You know, you're not going to be selling those uh, t-shirts to the uh, people who can't afford them and getting down on their level to talk about them. They got to speak to their base, and that's what they did. That's right, and so 
they basically have the same base as corporate Democrats now. So I guess the last thing I'd, I'd just like to bring up with you is, do you have any advice for myself? Uh, and hopefully it's beneficial to your callers, unless this is uh, me just being a lost cause. But when I'm sitting acro- across from like a uh, blue, no matter who Democrat uh, at the, you know, holiday table, uh, or it, even if they're like, you know, seemingly leftist or liberal, but really it's, I'm just going to vote for a Democrat. How do you kind of like say, you've seen these, you've seen what Jamal Mo Bowman does. They've shown you their true face. How many times do they have to do that? Because usually it just goes to, well, if I don't vote for the Democrat, a Republican will get in. And that's the worst thing that could possibly happen in the world. So I have to keep doing this thing I keep doing. How do you kind of wake someone up? Yeah, you have to show them how they voted on policy. You have to show them that there really isn't that much difference when it comes to the money, because both parties are corporate. They're both owned by Wall Street. And you can point to specific examples, like when Obama chose to bail out Wall Street instead of the American people, and all those people lost their homes. That's a good example to point to. Uh, You can point to what's happening right now with Russia and Ukraine, how billions of dollars I think the class matters as well. If you're talking to someone that's working class or someone who's living in poverty, ask them how their life has improved regardless of who is in office. How is their economic situation? The economic one is a big one. That's the number one concern for voters right now is economic and inflation. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. You got to bring it back to the money and show them how they spend money. Most of the budget is for the military industrial complex. So the people actually get peanuts and you can explain to them how, you know, these, these politicians, they're just puppets. Even if you're progressive, the party is not going to let you actually pass those progressive policies. And a a great example to point to is Bernie Sanders and Pramila Jayapal's Medicare for All bill. Hasn't been brought to the floor because the majority of Democrats don't want it. I saw a tweet yesterday by Ralph Nader and I was very disappointed. Ralph Nader was listing all the things that the Democratic Party want to do. And on that list, he had Medicare for All. And that was an outright lie. The Democratic Party does not want to pass Medicare for All. I feel like they've gotten to everybody now. There's this Trump derangement syndrome. So people are scared. Oh, my God, I have to vote Democrat or we'll get Trump again. Well, how much better is your life now economically compared to when Trump was in office? Because I'll be honest with you, economically, I was doing better when Trump was president than I am right now. Right. It's. I mean, but even even Biden said he's like, I'm not I'm not uh, uh, that comes to my desk. I'm not signing that on. I mean, he's you got your own president guy you voted for saying it. And some of these people, it's just like, yep, I'll be voting for him in two years. I mean, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm going to keep trying and part of that sharing your videos. But uh, I I would be lying if I didn't tell you I got like a grimace on my face.
I tried uh, sharing Brianna's past two Instagram posts. The it was the conversation with Joe, and then her response to the backlash on Rising. I tried sharing it to like my Instagram story. It just keeps loading and loading. The screen blacks out, and it says discard or cancel. So could just be. you know, shit posting and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I tried those videos like more than three, four times and wasn't going through. So maybe it's just a Instagram hiccup or I'm like, Oh, are these not shareable? But I'll check again later. And thanks for taking my call. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling rock, uh, Robert. Bye -bye. Hey, Sabby. Hey case. What's up? What's your take on all of this? Hey, what's up? Much love to you. Much love to the chat. And I just want to jump in real quick and say, um, yeah, <laughs> um, Ralph Nader, yeah, give him a lot of respect for all the hard work he did in the past. But just like anybody, he, you know, he's capable of having bad takes, you know, and we're going to have disagreements. You have disagreements with everybody. Right. But um, I remember going, just looking back in the MSNBC YouTube and going back on in like their earlier clips. And this is a couple of years back. And I came across a clip from Ralph Nader where he, he actually came up with, with a book. It was a nonfiction book, like pretty much fantasizing about how the rich will save us. Right. And it's basically like, but And get this, he was hoping that Michael Bloomberg would run for office and save the democracy or, or save, you know, save us. And I, I was just like, man, look in hindsight how Michael Bloomberg did run. But look, he I'm sure at that time he probably was mayor of New York and he wasn't a good mayor. It wasn't like this progressive, you know, mayor. This guy was doing stop and frisk all over the place. So. Anybody, the great Ralph Nader, unfortunately, escaped. And I wonder if somebody, if you ever do get the chance to um, interview him, I would love, that would be a question that I would love for him to ask him, like, hey, did did you really want, you know, Michael Bloomberg to run fourth? Or do you still think he would make a good president or something like that? But anyway, um, to talk about the, this situation, yeah, I, I just came over from Bree's calling. I saw that you just, I just recently saw you started yours, and I was, and she, she did say that she is good. She's not worried about the money from Rising, which is that's one of the good things about being independent using Patreon. Now, well, Patreon banner, that's the next thing, right? H have you ever heard of anybody being banned on Patreon, Sabi? Jackson Hinkle and um, Whitney Webb. Wow. So I, I don't, I don't understand. It's almost like how far will you go, right? So will the government, and I think because it's so baked into the system, it's unfathomable that you would think about, oh, we're going to ban this person, so we're going to take away their phone. They can't use a phone, period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's <laughs> Nobody can even think of that type of scenario, but because of these new, the new technology and where you know, technology is going, they can experiment with, okay, we're going to take away your right to be on Patreon. Or if you're Kanye West, we're going to take away your right to bank at a freaking bank. Like, I, I still can't, as much stuff as Kanye West has said bad takes, and, you know, I would agree with the bad, certain bad things he says, I would never be an advocate to say, okay, you can't hold your, you can't do banking. 
<laughs> in this particular place. What do you think about that, Sabi? I think I think that's ridiculous. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't think you should mess with someone's like revenue stream because whether people agree with what they have to say or not, if people want to donate to them, they deserve to have the right to to donate to them. But you know, yeah. Jackson Hinkle was uh he was hit by another uh troll farm. It was a troll group on wow. Discord and they had actually planned to take him down. Wow. That is crazy. Wow. Yeah. I, I... It is it's funny because like to me, even though he has I don't know what number of subscribers he's up to right now, but to me it's like, hey, we like we're not over here affecting huge change. Like we're not gonna be out here like, you know, electing people directly. Look, Jenk tried to run for office and he has over five million subscribers. Probably at the time he had four million subscribers and he couldn't get himself get any traction. Um, as much as at the time I would have wanted him to be in office because I think he would have been a voice, uh, I would hope differently at the time. Uh, he couldn't get himself elected. I think he barely cracked double digits. Sabi, what do you think? I think it's just when I say us, I'm sorry, let me just correct myself when I say us as far as um, Jackson Hinkle. I just want to be really clear. Like what I mean is in the I'll consider him an independent media person. Right. Yeah, I I think it's uh, they want to just control the narrative. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. And and hopefully Elon Musk will take this down. Mm. But it's the same thing when they put those tags under people as Russian affiliated media. Mm. You know, on Twitter, like, I, I don't like that they did that um, just because they worked for RT in the past or whatever. That doesn't mean that they're they're giving like they're telling you lies. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely weaponize the, a, a Russian connection. Look what they did to the, the African People Socialist uh, Organization, where they just trying to build solidarity around the, the world. And one of them happened to be a Russian. And then they just said, oh, you're, you're a Russian puppet, you know, so they definitely weaponized the Russian narrative. But um, back to the, the main topic, uh, I definitely, you know, I support all my leftists, so definitely Bree. And I think that that, that guy is uh, pretty much an intellectual Karen. Like, how you go on somebody's show and then have a, a like a sane conversation? She said she even left the, after, you, you know, you cut you cut out the show and just have like a little conversation at the end. They said they ended admirably or, you know, in solidarity with each other. And it wasn't until he saw the feedback that he took it out on Brie. Intellectual Karen, because it, it's just irrational how he <laughs> reacted to the feedback and blamed the wrong person. So I'll give you back the mic, though. I agree. Well said. Well said. I'm bringing in Yonina. You're on the mic. You just have to unmute. Hello? Hello. Hey. Wow. I can't believe we're talking to you. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I just, you know, definitely want to give Bree some solidarity, you know, being a black woman myself and uh, racist Kiwani, Illinois, Central Illinois. Um, I want to say that I'm grateful that she stood her ground. I'm thankful for her standing her ground because she, I felt like, I felt like she was doing it for all of us. She wasn't just like doing it for herself, and we felt that too. Like I totally felt. When she laughed, when he brought up, you know, the children who were, you know, <laughs> beat, 
taken, you know, and I'm like, I, I felt that because, you know, he's sitting up here trying to get sympathy and empathy for children that live, what, 4,000 miles away? And yeah. we, sit, we sitting up here in America, children in our communities, in the black communities are dying left and right, being shot down by guns brought, being brought in by supposed white men and here go tinfoil had me in alleyways left in crates and shit and what there is no outcry anywhere for our black children nobody is crying for our black babies in these in our inner cities but here we go we supposed to be crying for these children half a world away and we don't even know them have empathy for the mothers losing their children i'm not saying that we shouldn't have compassion but i not think about them when you're trying to tell her to think about somebody else's children and you won't even talk about our children dying in mother out there that's crying right now she's trying crying her she lost her soul and he's sitting up here talking about these white babies that we you know we sorry they losing them but that's a we know that ploy because y'all done used it over and over and over again and, and and unfortunately, we it's it's an unfortunate day when it comes to the point where we have to see the children are being used as a ploy, you know, like like the children in 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 the uh, NICUs that was supposed to be supposedly being taken out the NICU and thrown on the ground. That yep. lie that we told that was that we were told they got us into the Iraq War. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So she's totally aware of this as this man is sitting here trying to tell her, you need to be, you're a woman. You need to be sad about the children being taken from their mothers. And it's like, well, where were the, where's the sympathy? Where's the Ukrainian sympathy for our black children? Putin got more sympathy for the black people in the black communities than my, any, any white person that I see here in America. Do you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, because he made for people who don't are not aware, he made a comment about how can the United States government basically talk about exactly. And there you don't hear anything about that. You don't hear anything from the I mean crickets from Biden when Putin made that comment. Crickets from Kamala, not even crickets. You could hear a rat pee on cotton, okay? In the church, all right? Now, it, it, this is, this, it really, it's getting to me about this whole entire thing because it's just how, how, how disassociated is, is are white liberals from the people who they're supposed to be standing up for and helping out and and yeah they're in solidarity with us but i look around and you got white liberals calling clarence thomas a nigger with the hard r all on all on twitter after the abortion uh debacle i understand it i totally i, I don't understand their sentiment no 
But I, I'm saying I understand how, how certain people felt with that abortion thing. I didn't call him a nigger, and I'm a black woman. I understand that because he is who he is. He was groomed for what he is right now. People are groomed, okay? Like you were talking about how, um, what's her name, Cori Bush, snuck her little butt up in there. And, you know, you see what I'm saying? She was groomed to be that deceptive, to sneak up in there. And you don't even know her. her you know, so he was groomed. But see, something about white people, for some reason, they forget that there's a such thing as grooming and people being put into these places because they were prepared to be in those places. You see what I'm saying? These positions. So with that being said, um, they, they, it's like they, they totally forget what they used to do. This person, they forget that they had these things going on here in America. They forget those things. And it's like, so now they're, they're, they're are they wild animals? Or what is this? I don't, I don't get it. What are they? What are we now? Cause you know, it's like, it's, it's a free for all. That's what I see. And as far as this, um, this thing about people. Put their money where they want to basically uh paypal did you hear about paypal paypal is going to charge start charging people twenty five hundred dollars for misinformation are you kidding me right you know what i'm saying and that's it's, it's going to get worse from here because they they're they, what they're trying to do is they want people to to conform to one narrative and if you're not conforming to this narrative then you're problematic you see what I'm saying? And so because of that, they're going to punish you like they tried to do with uh, what we're not going to talk about going over this last two, three years and, and, and punish people for their, for their choices and their words and their actions. Now, I understand that there's laws about the, the hate speech and whatnot, but there's a difference between hate speech and free speech. And it's like so, somewhere in between that white people don't forgot that there's a difference there. And, and so everything is a free for all now, especially especially now that uh, Elon done took over Twitter. And don't please don't think that's uh, he's free speech. He's for free speech on some issues, but not everything. Because see, he still works for the oligarchs. He's still he's still a billionaire. Right. He still works. He still gets subsidies. could keep working so that uh Russia wouldn't be able to shoot down their they weapon systems and whatnot while they at war and whatnot over there. Yeah, so he part of it. You know what I'm saying? He, a lot of people are being confused and deceived on purpose. And it's because they lack discernment. And um but with that being said, I just wanted to say I totally understood her laughing when she heard that. It wasn't out of uh disrespect to the mothers of those children. It wasn't out of 
It was, I'm sitting up here thinking about all the black nations right now, including my own, that are in dire straits and trouble right now, that need help right now, that can't get what they need, because we got white people sitting up here talking about how they're going to help us all day, and ain't nobody moving a busting a grape to actually do anything. So we sitting up here doing the best we can, and we sitting up here watching as our future is being decimated and taken from us while you sitting up here telling us to cry for these white folks and we don't even know anything about and with that i'm done thank you have to um damn we have like some serious like pain to heal in the entire world and so first right off the bat it's going to be a little off and the way that i voted where I could, a uh, libertarian where green wasn't an option, and then Democrat after that. But there was a lot of space on there, I noticed, for write-in candidates as well. And I think that's a major area where we're slacking and sleeping. It's like the cheapest, easiest way to get in. One of the big um, India Walton's uh, shoot, what was his name? Byron, Byron or Brian? I, I forget his name. I think it was Bri Byron, but the guy that was running against India Walton, that's how he won. He was a write-in candidate. He won through write-in votes. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, Sabrina, I was going to mention you have this uncanny ability, I think, as the Kingslayer. You're really good at separating the sheep from the goats, so to say. And so uh, I think it would be fantastic if you were to call up some of these libertarian challenges. them to debate the green party candidates you know like would you guys be willing to debate the other third party candidates or you know and then uh send them my way we'll make it happen and or send them anyone's way i don't even have to be my way it can be anyone's way you can do it on your show super easy to set up uh, a debate you know and make that happen um i think that would be cool to see and i can try it it might be tough now because we're getting closer to the date yeah, yeah, true. But those third party candidates are very willing to reach out and get their voice heard close to the date, especially during er early voting in Texas. Back to Delilah. Oh, my God. So I, I, I texted her. I said, hey, Delilah, I just voted for you. I'm so excited. She said that uh, she showed me this news report where um, they reached out to all the candidates for gubernatorial, all the gubernatorial candidates for a response and apparently only the libertarian candidate responded with like a nice little two minute video spiel and apparently delilah got no invitation for that 
like little video segment. So I called the news station up and they're like, I'm like, hey, so how exactly did you guys reach out to Delilah? And they're like, oh, we don't know. Like, we're going to have to look into that. I was like, yeah, she didn't have any um, invitation at all. So you guys think you have a chance to get her on uh, TV while we're still in early voting until next Friday? You know, like, and I recorded that conversation and I'm going to send it to Delilah. and <laughs> She can do with that what she will. But um, I fully expect them to uh, examine themselves after that, you know, and we're going to blast them on TikTok. Uh, another thing I was going to suggest is getting Whitney Webb on the show, if you can. I was wondering if you've had an opportunity to reach out to Whitney Webb yet. You mentioned she was one of the few people that's blocked on uh, Patreon, I believe. Yeah, she's blocked on Patreon. I also think Vanessa Bealy might be blocked on Patreon, too, if I remember correctly. Um, Man, I still can... I, I don't have contact information for Whitney Webb. Mm-hmm. If we all collectively try, maybe if we all collectively bug her, be like, hey. (laughs) Yeah, if everywhere knows knows how to reach her, just let me know. Everybody get active in the comment section um, (laughs) of all her videos and we'll make it happen. Um, And uh, another thing I was going to bring up is I heard something that like we have more slaves on the planet today than ever. And I realize that's a population thing. Um, but beyond that, it's, a, it's still a real problem, you know, and while we point the finger at everyone else and for other reasons and everything, like we got to examine ourselves and say these cell phones that we use, our cars that we drive, the cheap gas that we put in our cars, you know, if we really cared about the lives of let's be on, I'm being honest, I'm being hypercritical here too. Don't get me wrong. I'm being hypercritical of myself and everyone. When I say that if we really cared about those kids in Iraq and all those places, we would stop driving our cars. We would walk to work. We'd bike. We'd find a way, you know what I mean, to to protest and boycott gas. Simple as that. So the solutions are there in front of us. You know what I mean? We have to be brave enough. We have to be real enough with ourselves to pick up the torch, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to do that. Um, I mean, I can't speak for everyone else's, like, city. But it's hard to do that depending on how the infrastructure is set up. It's true. In reference to walking to work. Because when I lived down south, like where I lived in South Carolina, there were no sidewalks. Yeah. And this isn't a demand for everyone to do that. But this is just maybe like one idea that some people can do, you know. And from there, we can come up with a hundred other ideas that maybe a hundred other people might be able to do. And it's not just one thing, but a multitude of things. And that leads me to my last point before I pass the mic. I'm just going to quote Tim Ferriss when he said that every billionaire regularly uses psychedelics on a regular basis. And this is something that also divides the races. Um, Psychedelics are much more readily available and safer in general uh, to use for white people than black people. They've been a much more dangerous tool for black people to use than white people, just like any other drug, uh, illegal drug. Um, And I'm going to quote Funkadelic when they said, uh, free your mind and your ass will follow. Um, That's my whole philosophy. You know, I think that's the first step in any political revolution is a psychedelic renaissance. I've said it before. So force the peyote, force the peyote. Um, Let's uh, make those... Uh, healing drugs at the very least available um, so we can end the drug war. Uh, we can end these crazy beheadings we're having right across the border, you know, and it's for our, it's for the benefit of rich assholes who snort cocaine all day, bottom line. Um, and if we were to just end this war, we could potentially have people growing their own coca leaves in a little pot 
in their little greenhouse in their backyard, having a couple leaves whenever they feel like they need one. And that could be a potentially safer alternative and not to mention a more ecologically friendly and less toxic alternative to shipping cocaine all over the world. You know, if we could just make the plant legal, allow people to grow it in their backyards, just like we do poppies, you know, poppies grow everywhere. I, I can go to the, I saw a whole bag of poppy seeds in the store today. I can plant those, grow a whole field of poppies in my front yard. I can do whatever I want with those. You know, I can make opium if I wanted to. As a matter of fact, it's what doctors use. If you drug test all the doctors in America right now, I think everyone would be very surprised to see what they would find. Um, or maybe not so much after House came out, but, you know. Um, just going to leave you all with that. Um, and also, let's stay focused on solutions. We can criticize things all day. I'd like to balance that equation a little bit with some solutions. Let's make sure we, we keep that equation balanced. And keep up the hard work, Savvy. You're killing it. Um, you're doing everything right. Um, you guys are awesome. And pass the mic. <laughs> Thanks, Brady. Thanks so much. I'm going to bring in. I'm going to drop an article, too. Uh-oh. I think I hit the button too fast. I'm bringing in Joe. Joe, you just have to unmute. Hey there. Hello. Hey. So, all right. I am from Worcester. And one of the first times that uh, I brought that up and you saw that in chat, thank you for uh, let everyone know the proper pronunciation around here. Um, I, got, I have to. I, I have to, Joe, because everyone says it wrong. I know. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, and the, the primary reason I'm calling is I had a very interesting run-in with Jim McGovern yesterday. Um, he was doing a, uh, you know, meeting or he was doing something about question four here in Worcester at Elm Park where I live or near where I live. And I, my only regrets about the interaction are the fact that I was quiet and polite and that I really have no way to verify this actually happened. Um, but I, when he was done speaking with the, the audience, I, um, reached out, I tapped him on the shoulder, and I started asking about the pro-war proxy. I, I started bringing up all that, and everything he was saying out of his mouth was, like, everything you hear on MSNBC, and, like, for the children, they're using rape as a weapon, they're, like, everything was just what you heard before, and... I think this guy needs a little bit more scrutiny. He's a rep from here in Mass. And he was actually one of the first folks to go in a delegation over to Ukraine early on in the whole thing. I think when there was still some stuff happening in Kiev. Um, and uh, later... After that, and after his handlers kind of whisked me away a little bit or intercepted me, um, later on, I pressed him further about the, you know, billions for war, not a penny for water in places like Flint, Jackson. The list keeps growing, I'm sure. Um, 
And he had an interesting response. He told me to go ask Putin for it. Um, not sure what he meant by that. He said that? Yeah, he said that to me. What, what, do, what, um, does, what does Putin have to do with our infrastructure? I have no idea. Uh, or, <laughs> or why, you know, they can't. And this is what kills me. Like, they're sending billions upon billions of dollars over over there and not a single person and this this does fall upon you know some of the representatives in their respective regions to be like hey could we maybe have a billion here to fix you know the water in that package could you maybe send some here um and i i that was one thing he said to me that stuck out was go ask putin for it and when I kept, you know, I wanted clarification on that. So I followed at a respectful distance and I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. And, you know, I, his handlers were like, Oh, just keep, just keep going. Don't let him egg you on. Cool it, Jim. And, uh, once he got into the car, his parting words to me were vote for the Republican. You know what's messed up, though, Joe? Ilhan made that comment where she said, you have independents to vote for, vote for them. That's what she said to the people that were protesting against her at that town hall. And you know what's going to end up People are going to start voting the other way. Because I've already spoken to people who are Democrats, said they're voting Republican this time around. People are going to do that, they're going to lose. And then to name drop somebody who I have seen in your chat, um, Terrence Cudney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that guy. We need more folks like him. Um, based on what I've seen and what I've read so far. Um, and I even yeah. had some misguided attempts to kind of drum up something some sort of political swing at some seat in my area. Uh, but that kind of fell apart when I got laid off and had to you know, sort that out. Yeah. Um, Terrence, he helped me with tour for the poor. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. And I've chatted with him a few times now. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He he came on a while back. I think he was also a part. Yeah, he was a part of our third party summit too. He okay. came on for that. Like he's 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 a decent dude. Like interesting with Jim McGovern though. God, what a oh what a and, and man, this guy this guy is something else. So, and I'm sorry for anybody who has actually seen me ranting about this guy in chat. This might be you know, news that I've already said or something I've already said, but Jim McGovern's family made their wealth with a package store. So selling alcohol to the Worcester community, which, you know, poison effectively. Um, and yeah, everyone thinks he's a progressive golden boy. He kind of got things right on Iraq from what I understand, but even just recently on that letter that all the you know, progressives signed, he wasn't even on there, which is surprising. 
shocking, not shocking, I guess, but it makes me wonder why he's suddenly pivoted to being, you know, yeah, let's, let's bomb the shit out of everybody. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> he's far gone. And like a lot of people have changed too. I've, I've noticed that. Like I said earlier, the tweet that I saw from Ralph Nader was really disappointing. Really disappointing. I'm like, I feel like they've gotten to a lot of people. Um, but I think, you know, I think you, you did the right thing by like even approaching him and trying to start the conversation. Because this is the thing. A lot of these politicians in this country they're used to being treated like either a celebrity or being treated like some type of gold standard where they can't be questioned. And they really don't like being questioned from people from their own party. And that's been happening more now and they don't know how to handle it. No, they, they absolutely don't. Um, and that's, that's another thing I wanted to touch upon is a lot of the things, more of the things that he said sounded exactly like, you know, the things Hillary was saying, and you pointed out in, um, at one point, like, you know, this part is our fight. You know, all this, that stuff. Um, you know, and just to be, I don't know, a lot of people there probably thought I was a genocide denier, as they apparently think is the new um, cool thing to call people to dismiss them. Wow. Yeah. It just, it's, you know, like I said, I, I really hope this whole situation that happened with Bree is a wake up call for some people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really do. Um, but it just goes to show you like there's, there's no solid because there's no campaign attached to it. Like before we had the Bernie Sanders campaigns, that's what the solidarity was really all about. Once Bernie Sanders suspended his campaign, that solidarity started to split with force the vote. And then with the vaccines and then with uh, Russia, Ukraine. So it's just, there's no solidarity on the left anymore. No, it, there, there really isn't. Uh, doesn't seem like it. So that's why I definitely got the, my name out of the Democratic ballot roll. And I am now, um, what is it? What's the phrasing in Massachusetts, which is, in my opinion, kind of insulting, um, unenrolled. Yeah, <laughs> that's insulting because that implies that you are unenrolled and unengaged in the political system. We yep. call it unaffiliated. Yeah, exactly. Why not unaffiliated? Something along those lines. Yeah, here it's here it's uh, unenrolled. It's the weirdest thing. It sounds like you dropped out of school. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I'm done with my little thing. And, um, yeah, I guess I think I'm going to try again to get some, a political seat in 2024. No idea if we're going to last that long. Yeah, I'll be here more often though. All right. Well, keep me posted, Joe. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, we're going to bring in Bad Cookies and Roger. You're on the mic also. So it's you and Bad Cookies. Hey. Go first, hey. Bad Cookies. 
Nah, you're uh you're the wise man here, man. You go ahead. You got knowledge to drop. I'm just here to fucking entertain. <laughs> All right. Um. One, we got to start suing. We got to start suing these uh, politicians. Okay, so check this out. When you're sitting up there and you are expressing your First Amendment right at some rally, at some, you know, some event or whatever the case is, and they're trying and they're getting their people to remove you, okay, those people work for them. They represent the government. They're violating your First Amendment right. Okay? Hey, I'm not being a threat. I'm all the way back here. Safe distance. Why are you trying to remove me for? Showing me out the door. Hey, here's the free speech lobby. <laughs> you know? I was like, what the hell was that? You know, I'm not saying you're going to win. But I'm saying, you know, maybe that's an option that, you know, we should consider. Start, you know, like, yo, I'm going to get my money out of you one way or another. So I'll just start suing your ass. You know, just a thought. Um, Brady, what are you talking about? I try to come on here every time and offer solutions, man. So that's that. Three. Um, I gave you guys... I sent, I sent you guys a video um, case, Sabrina, and from uh, Phil Scott, the... the um, the podcaster uh, Phil Scott and he was talking about his dad and you should he said he was saying he was talking about how um you know what happened to the black community how what happened in terms of how come there's no uh, black businesses and so on and so forth and what happened and he was talking about how his dad took him through the entire story of how it started in the early 70s and he, he just took you on an entire journey of how the black community ended up the way we did and it was a lot more genuine because it was coming from a black man and the reason why I say that is I heard Republicans make that same argument all the time right but I never felt that it was coming from an honest place. I always felt it was coming from a racist or partisan place. And I'm remembering ever since 2016 when I saw who the Democrat Party was and how they treated uh, Bernie. And it was really more or less the, the uh, fraud lawsuit. Uh, shout out to Nico House since he was the one that started that suit. Oh, oh shoot. Am I still here? Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. Oh, okay. No, because, you know, every time the phone go black. Well, anyway. Um, (laughs) Shout out to to Nico House for that, right? And I started rewinding everything I heard, whether it was the most cringe, you know, people from Fox, you know, what's his name? O'Reilly and Lorian Grimm and all, all these people that used to talk crap about black people in the Democrat Party and you hear... Uh, uh, white people who watch them saying those same things. Phil Scott's uh, dad, well, I didn't actually hear his dad, but, you know, when he was talking about his dad, um, explaining it and breaking it down, it was like, whoa, 
I mean, that really took me for like a loop. I said, yo, that's the same thing them Republicans were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the whole thing with, with he, was, he was breaking down the whole thing about um, welfare and how it took the black man out the home. Um, you know, just, just a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, don't worry, you, you, I, I'll read to you guys. You'll, you'll hear it. Now, the, the other thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Say it again. The drug war too, the war on drugs. Yeah. Um he yeah, 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 yeah. Um the other thing is um what was it? Head to your pickup at terminal five, upper level, door six best after one PM. Okay. <laughs> and the 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 other thing, right? Was um Morgan, right? So, unfortunately, we don't have a right to banking services explicitly. However, you made the case case for why we need why the federal government needs to reinstate postal banking. Now, I know I talk a lot about public banking. But postal banking is different than pu- public banking is 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 a government bank that's not meant for you and me, but it's meant to build a surplus in the economy that it's in charge of to do infrastructure and all that different type of stuff. But postal banking is a public option for banking. So it kind of would give you a, a right to, you know, what I'm saying it's kind of like when um, if you remember the. Uh, that professor, the, um, she was of Arab descent. At, she was at a public university. And she um, celebrated when uh, Barbara Bush died. And she was, she was talking mad real shit about how they're just warmongers and, and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And all these Republicans were, ah, get her fired, get her fired, right? But then... Carnegie Mellon. Right. No, 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 no. That was, um, you think no, about, oh, lady. N- no, I think you're talking about the, that Nigerian lady. Yes. That <laughs> no, 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 fuck her. She's not, she, she, she was talking about, cause that woman was talking about Amazon. Oh no, my bad. She was talking about the queen dying and then Amazon, um, getting her fired. That's, that's that lady. And just to let you know, I have no love for that lady either because she's been calling black Americans akatas, which means wild dog. I didn't lose you, did I? The, the, the screen was oh, Okay. <laughs> so, so, no, yes. Um... Phil Scott, the guy that I'd send you from Texas, he did a he did a um thing on that. If if you go look back, like no no no, like a lot of people, you know. Are told you are not to find solidarity with black Americans because, you know, it's a little divide and conquer strategy. So a lot of them come here with these preconceived notions 
of of what black Americans are and they, you know, kind of look down on us and it's a whole bunch, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing or whatever, right? But it ain't everybody. I'm not saying everybody. But um, that's what they tell them when they come here because they don't want us to build solidarity, okay? Um, that goes back to that 1924 Immigration Act, you know, and then it was repealed where it banned people from non-European countries from immigrating here because they wanted to make sure the, the country stayed white. And then LBJ signed into law the 1965 Immigration Naturalization Act that lifted the ban. So a, a lot of them got scared that, oh, shoot, we're going to put all these non-white people are coming into the country. We're going to end up being a minority. So you know, they, they would tell people from other countries, don't mess with black Americans. They're, they're, they're this, they're that, they're that, they're this. So a lot of times they come here with these preconceived notions about black people. And it ain't all of them. So I, I got to keep saying that. It's not all of y'all. I know a lot of y'all got love for us. Um, but anyway, um, no. So what I was talking about with the, um, with the thing, right? With, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Postal banking. Postal banking was great. 1911 to 1967. Okay, the banks on Wall Street could not stand post. The right two lanes keep right onto Van Wick Expressway South. Oh, um, the, they could not stand um, postal banking right because shut the lanes. hell up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm going. Um, they could not stand postal banking, so they got they got Congress and LBJ to end it. Okay, but what I'm saying is, if we had postal banking as a public option for banking, he wouldn't have been denied. Like, they could not take away his banking services without due process, you know, 14th Amendment and all that stuff. Um, the screen went black again. Shit. All right, hello? All right, well, let's, let's bring in bad cookies too. Bad cookies, you just have to unmute. Yeah, I got to pick up someone anyway. Okay. It's all right, Roger, man. I'm I'm in no rush, man. You got a lot of knowledge to drop. I'm just here to ask silly questions. But um, Savvy, can you hear me? I can. Excellent. Um, first, I wanted to start it off by saying uh, thank you for the call in on Tuesday. Uh, I know you didn't have to do it. You did it out of the kindness of your heart, and I, for one, really appreciate it. And I think I speak for everyone else too when I say thank you for for doing that. Thank you for going out of your way. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Uh, the next thing is, uh, it's a bit off topic, but uh, a lot of times on your stream, you say uh, to the audience, like, oh, I'm sorry for swearing. But I think you should swear as much as you like. I, I know you <laughs> I know you try to keep a professional demeanor. I, it's, it's obvious that that's who you are. Uh, but I again, I think I speak for most of us when I say go for it. The more you swear, the, the I believe in my personal perspective, when, when you're sitting there swearing, it, it, it kind of makes you more relatable. And like, it's like, yeah, see, fucking Savvy's down to earth. She doesn't mind dropping fucking F-bombs where other people are like. That, that's just my opinion, Savvy. And uh, what I really wanted to ask you is um, now that we have seen what has happened to Bria after she has questioned the war machine, and after we have seen what has happened to Katie Halper, questioning the war machine with Israel. After those situations have transpired, how do you feel you would have uh, behaved in the situation that Brie finds herself in? 
Oh man, that's a really good question. I think, you know, the one thing that both of them had in common is that they were both at rising, right? At some point together, right? So I think work for corporate media. Um, I've had experiences with this in the past when I did my internship and they really, you can only go so far and they, they really want you to say certain things. And if you say something that they don't necessarily like, you know, you could be gone. And I, from what I understand, the Hill is owned by a different group now. Uh, Nexstar owns the Hill. So it's a little bit different than when Crystal and Sagar were on that show. So there's more restrictions now. And that's the other thing about when you're working for corporate media, a new manager could come in, like look at the new manager that came in at CNN and he changed everything around. He took away Don Lemon's primetime show and moved him to the morning show. He put Jake Tapper primetime, which by the way, Jake Tapper has now been removed from the primetime because his ratings haven't been good. Like that's the thing about when you're working for someone else. Whereas with independent media, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have a boss. I don't have anybody that I have to run something by and have them approve it in, in order for me to speak about what I want to speak about. So that is, you know, it, that's unfortunately is the thing. And they can remove anyone anytime they want. I mean, I go back to people mention uh, Crystal Ball and Sagar, like, you know, leaving. But they had more freedom, I feel. And it's interesting, too. Because you can see how the views have gone down. The videos that had Crystal and Sauger, they were getting like millions of, of views. That don't happen anymore, right? So I think there's been a lot of turnover at Rising. And I go back to the issue with Kim Iverson. The way that they removed her from that Fauci, they wouldn't let her be a part of the Fauci interview when that didn't make any sense. She was the most knowledgeable person on that show when it came to COVID. Whether people agreed with what she said or not, she was the most knowledgeable one. And when I saw them do that to her, I was just like, well, if they do that to her, they can do that to anyone because her radar has got the most views. So I, I think for me, I can't work for corporate media like ever. I just can't because you're not in control and they're going to control the narrative. And all it takes is for you to say something that they don't feel fits the, the mainstream narrative. And then you try to push back, which is what it sounds like Katie Halper did. And then you're gone. So for me, I just, I, I can't work for corporate media. Um, in reference to the, you know, the war uh, voices, <laughs> I think that, you know, for me, I, I try to be careful. I talk about it but I don't talk about it every day. Some people do, right? I also try my best, and I mean really try my best, I'm always perfect with it, but I try my best not to put it in the title. I try to 
mention a name instead of the country at conflict unless it's like like with russia ukraine i try not to put them in the title same thing with um haiti's a little bit different i'll put haiti in the title but with russia ukraine because it is an actual war i try not to put them in there i'll use a name like i'll use Zelensky's name or something like that right but my advice to people who are independent if they do want to talk about those issues more often I recommend that they get on Rockfin and Rumble stacked like immediately because those platforms don't have been on Rockfin for almost two years. And I can tell you, like, I've never been censored on Rockfin. And I don't know anyone who has been censored on Rockfin, to be honest. Uh, I think the same thing with Rumble. Like, Jackson Hinkle can do the same stories that he was doing on YouTube on Rumble and, and they're fine. It seems to be only be a problem when it's on YouTube. Um, you can also go over to Odyssey as well. But so what I would tell them is to anyone in this situation, diversify your platforms as much as possible. Like I'm on multiple platforms. And if you can help it, I mean, I mean, I know The Hill has a and big nor, audience. Nor would I want you to, Sebi. I like, I like you exactly where people. you're at. You're doing a fucking fine job I exactly what you're doing right media. now. Um, Speaking of the fine job that you're doing, uh, my final question to you, and it's a bit of a troll question. Like I told you in your comment section on your show, I am a fucking troll, but I'm not a troll at you. I troll other sections of uh, the comment. Sioni or whatever it is, the guy that uh, Brie interviewed? Right. So I know I, I say often that I'll talk to anyone. Um, Uh-oh, bad cookies dropped. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. Um, But I know I say that I'll talk to anyone, but at some point I have to draw a line and I cannot talk to people that work with the State Department. So I would not bring on anyone that works for any of the alphabet letter agencies. And I wouldn't bring on anyone that works for the State Department. Because I, I you just can't trust them. You can't trust those people. And you see how he like lost his, he lost his shit <laughs> when that, that clip came out. So... Yeah, it's, I, I can't bring them on because again, they're just going to try to throw you under the bus, I think. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Scotty. And they could be just extra eyes and ears, you know, so we can go back and report it to other people at the State Department. Hey, this is what's happening on YouTube. People are saying this, this, and this. Oh, we need to be paying attention to these certain shows. Like, yeah, you can't trust those people, man. Go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, man. Uh, Tuesday show as well, especially your, um, first off, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, especially your encounter with Pierre, uh, Tuesday, that was, that was funny, like, to hear you lose it, like, and just for everybody out there, like, don't let the, um, the professional 
whole school mom uh, demeanor or savvy has fooled you. <laughs> the meth bombs be fun. <laughs> like, we, uh, like, I lost it when he said, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Scotty, don't forget, Scotty, don't forget D, who was like a few days before that. Oh, I don't think uh, uh, I don't think <laughs> I was there for that show. But yeah, yeah. Pierre was a fucking moron. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I honestly was like, I was like, is this guy? I was like, are you an op? <laughs> Oh my god! Who actually think like that? Like they, because he really kept like asking you, like, "Well, can you define some differences uh, uh, between them?" Like he wanted you to basically say that there was a good guy in the situation, and <laughs> that's a lot. That's the hang up with a lot of these type of people is that. They want you to believe that there is at least, if it's not a good guy, that there's something you can hang on to. Like fucking, like you're in Jerry, a disingenuous prick. Like I'm sorry. Like even when that whole, you know, period where I guess you guys thought that you know things were okay between you guys. Like I kind of it was in the back of my mind. Like it's only a matter of time. Until he feels all pissy that people aren't coming to his show, or like he's not getting enough money to get donated to go on the road, that he's gonna he's gonna say some slick shit about other podcasters, or mm-hmm. you know he's he's gonna yeah he's gonna say some slick shit about other podcasters and talk about how they're you know engaging in TMZ. The TMZification of left media, even <laughs> though he can't keep his na- people's name out of his fucking mouth the entire time, and say and then get mad like, oh, you said something about David Sorolla. Get the fuck on, man. Like people don't like. People are tired of like just feeling like they're being lied to, and like That's- it's crazy because like how the hell can you go on the road for six years? Talk to all these uh, poor working class people that you say that you're important on behalf, but yet you still, uh, uh, like, your same breath are trying to say, like, well, I'm not trying to tell you how to vote, but, you know, Trump is dangerous, and we're not, I'm just not going to say, like, if it was up to me, I would still vote for the Democrats. Huh? Like, the same dude who... <laughs> The same dude who 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 got in Donna Brazil's ass about her, you know, passing debate questions and, and like he tell you he's so freaked out by those same people, those same Trump supporters, and because you know, partly because his dad became a Fox News viewer, that it just it's personal for him. Like, it's just, like, he just, he doesn't trust these type of people. Let me tell you something. I'm in Ohio. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, but I'm still in Ohio. 
And if he talked to more people, he'd know that Barack Obama won the state of Ohio twice, right? But here's the thing. Trump ended up winning Ohio twice after that. So how do you, like, how does that happen? Well, I will say that Barack Obama and Democrats like him because, like, unfortunately, the how uh, the Democratic Party kept people like Dennis Kucinich, not necessarily away, but they supported Richard Cordray uh, a couple of years ago against uh, Mike DeWine, like, and they, like, they had, like, Ted, um, uh, Ted Strickland as governor, and he lost, he ended up losing, um, and the, the name's escaping me now, but our previous, uh, our previous, uh, governor, he, he ended up losing, and the Democrats two leaning conservatives. That's right. Like, yeah, yep. like... Well, go ahead. Again, I think one piece that at least uh, Pierre then turned around and voted for Trump in Ohio and other parts of the Rust Belt as well. You have to think about, we cannot ignore, and this is important, I think, because that says something. Because when we hear the statements on mainstream media where they just say, all Trump voters are racist, or or what did Hillary say? They were deplorables or some shit like that. Okay. What about the Trump voters that voted for Obama twice? What would make them turn around and vote for Trump? Obviously, their economic situation. Yo, you know what's crazy? Remember, uh, and I don't mean to get graphic, but um, the woman who uh, who got shot at you know the January sixth riot, um, I, I, the name escapes me, but she was an Obama voter. Yes, yeah, she was an Obama voter. She actually traveled to the inauguration, and like See? some weird. Yeah, somewhere down the line, she ended up becoming, yeah, Ashley Babbitt. She was a, a Obama voter. Media elites, like, including, like, the, the people in independent media, like, they, they don't really talk to these people. They don't have to deal with these people. They think they're stupid. They, uh, they like Jenk Uger said, like um, he's actually glad that Hillary Clinton referred to the Trump supporters as deplorable, and he is part of the problem with parts of the left is they want the people to actually already have, like you know the like the the beliefs down, like the same vocabulary, the same understanding of policy. Like they don't actually really want to do the hard work of actually trying to engage with people, which is why, like, especially, well, I mean, they'll make fun of them, but like, especially, but when, you know, it's, let's say if it's 
to the left or somewhat anti-establishment, they want nothing to do with them. That's why they don't like. That's why they don't like dealing with you guys. Like they don't like to even mention you. Like they'll play a video uh, from you guys out of context, like they did with Nick when he was on Jimmy Dore show. They'll play uh, Franco's video of him shouting at AOC, uh, lying to people at the, about the um, the housing uh, thing that they did. Um, but they. They were nowhere to be found. Only ones I could think of that like really defended her was like Katie Halper, um, uh, Aramate. I think Jimmy Dore tweeted something from Aramate. But for the most part, most people in the progressive media space didn't defend this woman. They let her get raked over the coals. Like, yeah, they defended her when, um, she was Bernie's press secretary, and they wanted Bernie to take a stronger stance against the media uh, for, you know, people going after Nina Turner and Bree when she was the press secretary. But that was when she was the, uh, in the Bernie camp. Now that she's not in that camp anymore, they don't want anything to do with her. They can't even, like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even care if you disagree with her like at the very least like defend her right to say to uh, at least say that opinion like well at least to disagree they don't even want to do that i think well, they really no, there there's no solidarity because there's no candidate that everyone is united around so the left is kind of you know broken right and even the idea of Bernie Sanders possibly even trying to entertain a third run is just, it's hilarious. It's a joke at this point. So I think that, I think you bring up a good point when you mentioned that, well, she was Bernie Sanders press secretary at the time. And it's interesting how people change after there's no, Like there were the ones that were for forced to vote and the ones that weren't. There was an instant split there. And then there was the whole deal, like I said before, with the the, the vaccines and with um, now with the Ukraine war, other issues that split people up. And part of the problem is the progressive movement has no leader. Bernie Sanders was the leader of the movement. He walked away from the movement. And so now people are just like doing their own thing. But like I said, one of the things I have noticed, like in this space in particular, and it's not everybody, but it is some of them. Some people will only show solidarity with you when you can do something for them, when you can elevate their name, when you can elevate their platform, when you can elevate their subscribe subscriber count. And for some of them, if you can't do anything for them, once it gets to that point, like they ain't really trying to mess with you.
do care and do want to help. And then there are some that don't want nothing to do with you because they may see you as a threat. And then there are some that just honestly, if you can't do anything for them, they don't want anything to do with you. And it, it, that's sad, but I mean, that's just, that's been my experience. I had the impression that all these people were cool with each other. They're not. Egos. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Big well, we egos. Have, like the, got, well, you, it's, it's us, the people that are more important. So, oh, Scotty, let me ask you a question. You're in Cleveland or Chicago? Speed oh, trap ahead. Sorry about that. You don't need that kind of negative energy. Oh. Okay, is that what an was ad? That? <laughs> what was that? That was scary. That, that, that was that. that So he was like yelling at me, speed camera up ahead. You know, like one of those things. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, actually, I'm Buckeye Fan 05 on um, YouTube if you've seen me before, but I'm from Columbus.